Do you ever wonder, why do I always seem to give so much more than I get? All I want is to be appreciated and loved. Is that asking too much? Why do all the jerks get the hot girls while I get stuck in the friend zone? When will it ever be my turn? If this sounds like you, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Nice Guy Show. This is the podcast that asks the question, how do I break free from the nice guy syndrome so I never have to come in last again? Now here are your hosts, Faisal Coker and Chuck Chapman. Welcome to The Nice Guy Show. My name is Chuck Chapman and I'm here with my co-host, Faisal Coker. And if you've been joining us the last couple of weeks, you've noticed, may have noticed, that we've had a guest on here, Dr. Ari Graff. And he's been doing such a stellar job that we decided we want to ask him to be part of this podcast on a permanent basis. And he was gracious enough to say yes. And um, so I'm really excited about that. I think he just brings a whole another level to the podcast. He's got a background in clinical psychology. And uh, all right, why don't you just tell people who are listening, watching, um, maybe just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a clinical psychologist, neuropsychologist. But uh, right now, my focus is being a nice guy coach. That's what really means a lot to me. So, yeah, we we're talking about uh, why did we become nice guy coaches? What was our what was our route to this? Um, what was the thing that whacked us upside the head? So for me, I, I was I was married. Uh, this was up until 2018, and. My marriage, I, I pretty much nice guyed my marriage. Uh, just indecisive, not leading, uh, people pleasing, accommodating, um, not trusting myself. Now I didn't, I didn't have a, a name for that at the time. Um, I just, I just knew something was wrong, and uh, I didn't want to go back into therapy. Um, and I got a men's coach. It uh, wasn't a, a nice guy coach, but it was, it was a men's coach who helped me with a lot of the nice guy stuff. Um, and he helped me when I found out my my ex was having an affair. And the uh, the affair, that, that was probably the biggest whack upside the head. You know, mm-hmm. that my life is not going how I expected. This was not part of the plan. We did couples therapy, and she still ended the marriage. So again, not part of the plan. Uh, just a, a lot of pain, um, and I was doing everything that I could to improve myself. And and ultimately, that's why my life is so much better right now. And I'm, um, I, I took a a plunge into doing men's work. You know, it totally shifted what I do because I found so much meaning in men's work. And then when I, I read No More Mr. Nice Guy and did the men's group with Dr. Glover, that was a game changer for me. And now it's just uh, my life is, is a steady ascent because, you know, I've, I've discovered the power of men's work. Hey, Ari, I just want to say awesome. Welcome to the Nice Guy Show. It was great having you. And, you know, I love uh, some of the challenges that, you, you know, you've had. And I can see that this can be a great, valuable insights that you can bring to the guys who are listening to this. And, you know, the men and women listening to this as well. So I'm really excited to have you there. I've known you for a while. Um, 
and I've known Chuck for a while as well. So I love the energy, the the camaraderie, the the banter that we have behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to bringing that there as well. So Chuck, tell me about what was the whack over the head for you? What you know? What woke you up on this? Yeah, very similar stories to Ari. Um, you know where. I've been married for 20 years and um, my wife and I had a lot of difficulties within our relationship. Um, and then one night she, or one, it was one afternoon, she woke me up and told me she was leaving. Um, I had been taking a nap and she woke me up and she told me that she was leaving. And it just, you know, that shock of like, you know, it really kind of hit me out of, almost out of nowhere. I mean, in hindsight, I could see all of the signs, you know, but at the time, uh, it didn't, I didn't see it. And that really launched me into that dark night of the soul. You know, um, I was so hurt and so overwhelmed, uh, my entire identity as a, as a man, as somebody, you know, at the time I was just starting my career as a, as a therapist. Um, you know, to be a therapist whose life is falling apart uh, was just kind of felt so deeply into a depression fueled by alcohol and prescription medicine. I it's like the they call it the, the trifecta of you know caffeine, nicotine, and uh, dopamine <laughs> was the the thing that I was after and. I spent more than a year just in a spiral of darkness and finally got some help um, as a result of that. And then um, I had read Night No More Mr. Nice Guy prior to this. I picked it back up again and it was just, it just resonated so much that, um, and, and it gave me kind of a pathway to start moving back and getting, getting my life back together. So a uh, very similar story to Ari. And um, so I can definitely relate to that. I'm sure a lot of guys listening to this, you know, who've gone through divorces and stuff can relate to it as well. So Faisal, what about you? What was your, what was your wake up call? It's It's going to sound very similar to you guys as well. And a lot of the guys that, you know, I hear uh, had the same thing. It was, I would say I was like the standard guy out there, unconscious, you know, didn't really know anything about relationships, you know, good at what I did in work. But one day I didn't see it coming. And then boom, she just dropped it on me one afternoon. And we had an amazing weekend before. Mm-hmm. And and this was the real weird thing. Well, this was really strange. I couldn't, I couldn't understand this. You know, we spent the whole weekend away to, by the beach. And then it was like the calm before the storm and then she mm. just dropped it and she says we know we're leaving and that's for me when my world collapsed it was it you know like a real you know i call it the universe has shaken you to awaken you that was a moment and i remember falling to my knees in severe pain i had you know tears running down me and i just couldn't believe this was happening to me you know i i thought marriage was you know that's it when you get married it's you know you, it's you you stay married you know you work through things uh, obviously there were things in i didn't 
I ignored. I didn't see it, mm. but in hindsight, yeah, I did, you know, I could have seen it. But yeah, it was a real shock. Uh, there was a lot of things that came out. Then I, when I was on my knees, I remember I saying to myself, "I'm gonna either go left or right." And it was it was a really strange kind of uh, time in my life. It says I go right, and I'm just gonna you know fight everything, or I just go left, and I'm just gonna make everything better and take full responsibility. And then in a split second, I just said, "I'm gonna take every, uh, I'm just gonna take full responsibility." Mm. And from there, then I went on a personal growth journey. I had no idea what psychology was, didn't really look into the stuff of like that, and then found men's work, got some help, got some support. It was horrible. I had to see things about myself. I didn't, I was like hiding, you know, like a lot of insecurities, a lot of jealousy, a lot of uh, bad habits that, you know, we're not taught about. We're not communication for one. You know, there was, so, there was a lot of things that came up that I, I did not want to address, but I'm glad I did. You know, I'm glad I did. So guys, what were the things in your, um, on your journey that was coming up and you thought, ah, oh, this is ugly. I, I don't want to see this. Or was there any, any moments in your life that you were like, mm, this is horrible? Yeah. I'm just noticing um, both Chuck and I, both, both therapists, and, and we had this, this shame about being a therapist uh, whose life was a mess. Yeah. And I, I know th this is something that I've struggled with was like that I'm supposed to have all the answers. Like I'm a psychologist mm -hmm. and, and my, my ex was training to be a psychologist. I felt like well, if we can't figure this stuff out. Who can, um, we should be able to talk things through. And, and I realized that not everything can be talked through. Um, and not everything is helped by couples therapy too. I don't know if you guys, found that I think couples therapy can be really helpful for some couples, but for men who are nice guys, I think you, you actually need uh, a nice guy coach or therapist. You, you need a, your own recovery process. I think, don't you think that couples therapy comes way too late in the, in the moment? So for example, it's like uh, it, you're trying to, you're trying to mend something, heal something rather than prevent something. So it comes way too late. I think some at that time, somebody there's too much water under the bridge, and either someone's emotionally checked out. They're like, oh, you know, I'll just do couples therapy just for the sake of it. But no, I agree. I, I, I you know, when you Ari, when you shared that, um, Chuck, I don't know if you've you know felt that as well. But now I'm a men's coach. When I get into you know, I've been into relationships afterwards, and they said, "Well, you're a men's coach, and you talk about dating and relationships and intimacy. You should know better. You shouldn't be making these mistakes." That triggers so much shame. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually um, had a, a incident where I was I mentioned to my brother that I was doing couples counseling. You know, this is after my divorce and after my divorce, I got remarried and then divorced again. And, you know, and, and so I just had a, a <laughs> pathway of, you know, failed relationships. And, and I remember saying I was doing working with a couple. And he's like, you're doing couples counseling, you know, and it was just kind of this, you know, shot to the heart and, he apologized for that. He said after afterwards, and you know, I've got a great relationship with him. But 
it was just one more, one more, one of those things, you know, and to your point, Faisal, I think, yeah, I think people go into couples counseling way too late. Honestly, I stopped doing couples counseling because all I was doing was the same thing, right? You usually have one person that's in and one person that's out. The person that's in is trying to convince the person that's out to stay. And um, they're looking for an ally to help them pull this, their partner in. Ooh. And uh, I've, I just stopped doing couples counseling altogether because I feel like you have to do so much work on yourself first. When we're in couples counseling, we're focusing on the other person, what they need to do to change. And you have two people that are focusing on each other, trying to get the other one to change. And I think the individual counseling or therapy is about how do I change internally so that I'm able to set boundaries and say, okay, that's not okay, or I want more of that or less of that. And I've found it far more effective and far more um, of my clients actually having more success in their relationships by doing their, the individual work. So I don't know, Ari, if you found, uh, do you work with couples, Ari? Or have you? I, I, I've never been trained as a couples therapist. I did some, some couples and family work just, but you know, as part of doing evaluations or working in a, a rehab mm -hmm. hospital, but uh, no, I, I, I've never really been a couples therapist. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just going to say that, I think that the, the reason I feel so proud of being a nice guy coach and like connected to that model is the, or one of the reasons is like the appreciation for men's groups and, and getting a lot of your needs met, getting a lot of help through other men. Like, I, I just think that it's such a, a critical part of recovering as a nice guy transforming as a nice guy and that's that was something i got so much out of the uh dr glover's men's group you know i, I was i was I, f I finally understood that i could do a lot of the healing on my own or or through other men so mm -hmm. You know, um, when you were sharing that, what what I noticed was I did a lot of um, personal development work. Uh, you know, there was like you know, Tony Robbins work. Uh, there was you know, Les Brown. There was so many personal development, spiritual world. And there was a lot of work I did. And I noticed that in, even in the relationship work that I was doing, it, it there was still some underlining issues I hadn't, it, it didn't touch. And that's when... When I really embraced men's work, that's where I noticed a lot of stuff that was missing, the, the missing jigsaw that came in. And that's when I started to feel more whole, appreciated, seen. I felt like, oh, okay, this is this is the right path. And I and I guess that would be more like this is the initiation. This is where I'm going from like the boy to the man. Because I see still a lot of guys who have who've done a lot of personal development work, like 20, 30 years, but they're still behave like boys you know like psychologically like boys and they haven't done the initiation part the men's work uh that you know like the, the way of the man because a lot of the times here's something uh, common about nice guys most nice guys grow up without a 
strong masculine role model, right? So they usually have a absent father. And what they have is either a mom who's either over domineering or she is, uh, has some, um, challenges herself. And then what she does is that she imposes that a lot on, on the boy. And then therefore what happens is he grows up in a very feminized, uh, kind of like environment or captures the fe- feminine template rather than masculine template. And that's what happened with me. You see a lot of nice guys. They're, they're highly feminized kind of men rather than, I would say, masculine men. And that's when, you know, I'm so grateful for, you know, doing a lot of men's work because they decided to help me see and find my own way, but also help me see what the masculine template was. Yeah, I have um, done a ton of men's work and would absolutely agree on all of those points because, and and I think what happens with the nice guys is we, like you were saying, Faisal, there's this highly feminized part of us, right? Mm -hmm. And a very underdeveloped masculine side of us. And so doing the men's work helps you develop that masculine side, you know, and there's this, then there becomes kind of a balance between I've got the feminine and the masculine, you know, within me, but I am not dominantly feminine or dominantly emotional. Um, I think that was one of the things that, you know, as a child, I was a very sensitive kid. Um, my dad was an authority figure. He was uh, the vice principal at my school that I went to. So I was always terrified of being in trouble, um, terrified of, you know, the, the teachers find, you know, even at the teachers would report back to my dad, you know, and I would hear about it at night, you know, when he would come home, Hey, one of your teachers told me X, Y, Z. And so there was a, a lot of fear around that. And so as some of the boys in, in my class, you know, they would be getting in trouble and doing stuff. I avoided the contact with them because I didn't want to get into trouble. And so I tended to kind of hang out more with the, you know, I got along with girls really, really well, you know, and, um, and, and so I, I think that a turning point for me really was the individual work in combination with the men's work and the group work, Yeah, that those two things are, what I would say vital in terms of working through your nice guy tendencies and overcoming in my case, at least overcoming my fear of men and, uh, you know, fear of being judged, fear of being, you know, not good enough, all those kind of things. Now, if you guys ever struggle, does anybody struggle with the fear of men? Yeah, it's such a common one, right? Yeah. You know, I, I'm, and I think this is where um, society kind of misguides guys as well, because, you know, there's a saying that, you know, a, a mother can only raise a boy, but it takes a man to raise a man. And you know, I get a lot of grief on this, but it's like one of those things where you need to be around other men in order to heal, to get comfortable, to be able to accept the fact that, you know, men are going to impact you. And there's no ladies can be able to teach you that. So there's a lot of, uh, one of my beliefs is that you have to unlearn to relearn and a lot of the times you have to unlearn the feminine way unlearn the the scared way of of showing up in life yeah i think for me um one of the things we're getting at is uh you know nice guys tend to want comfort and not challenge so I think mm-hmm. that that's been a core thing that I've worked on 
is kind of noticing how I was drawn to comfort and, and then also seeing the value of challenge that it makes me more resilient that it makes me more able to lead myself and other people and, and just really embracing that. Yeah. I like, I like, like the, uh, uh, point about the comfort is, you know, like our, uh, Chuck, when you mentioned about, you know, being sensitive as well, I was hypersensitive and because of hypersensitivity, my, my pain threshold was very low. And because when I have, if you have a low, like for me, I had a low pain threshold. That's why I would find, um, confrontations very difficult. You know, if, if I got confronted or somebody said, you know, I have a problem with this immediately shame, I would just be triggered in my shame fracture. Then I'd be, Oh, I'm, I'm bad. I've done something wrong. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to, you know, I, I, I'll do everything again to please that person you know, to win them over rather than sit there, take feedback. Oh, I'm a real bad person. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely relate to that too. I think that that's something that uh, a lot of nice guys struggle with is, um, it, and for me, it came from, I perceived my mom as being very critical. And, and so Anytime somebody would criticize me or, you know, have like the slightest complaint, I took that as a criticism, you know, and the criticism is a very personal thing of like you did, you know, you made me feel angry. You made me feel upset. You know, you're responsible for my feelings. And, and so even the slightest, uh, you know, somebody correcting or something like that, I would go into that shame spiral, spiral, that shame fracture that you mentioned. And I think it's a really common thing for us nice guys to get triggered into that, which again is why I think when you combine personal coaching and combine that with men's work, there is such a healing that takes place that that fracture starts to heal. And then you stop taking things so personally all the time, you know, you're able yeah. to kind of go look, look back and go, Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't a criticism. It was a, it was a complaint. You know, they, it was legit. You know, I probably should stop doing, you know, leaving my socks on the floor or whatever. Um, but you don't take it to that depth of, you know, oh, look at me, I'm so wrong. And you just dwell on that. Yeah. So you still leave your socks on the floor? Sometimes I do. Oh, yep. and, then, and then I get, I get the complaint and I throw the socks at her. You know, my son leaves the socks on the floor, right? He goes kickboxing, comes back, and, and the socks, the gloves, it all stink. And I sound like his, you know, I sound like the mother. What are you doing? <laughs> this place smells. Don't leave him here. Do this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, fine, Dad. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Dad. You know what's funny? I, um, I've got a pile of clean laundry on my bedroom floor, and my, my son sees it, and I tell him, you know, that's a boy thing to do. And you know how I know that? Faisal told me that. <laughs> um, well, li leaving the well, we've talked about it. we've talked about that. I think you know, like what what's a man thing to do versus a boy way to behave? Yeah, you can't leave be a washed laundry on the floor, can you? Come on, Ari. I think that would be a great topic. You know, what's boy 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 behavior versus man behavior? 
yeah. Okay, so so why do boys leave socks on the floor and yeah, women leave makeup on the sink? Yeah, yeah. Clean up after yourself. You're saying women are childish. I didn't say that. It's not recorded. <laughs> so um, I, I love some of the stuff that we've done for you know what's awakened us. So what? Uh, here's a question: What one gift? I mean, like I know there's lots of gift that men's work gives you. So like, what's one gift that it's given you, and you think, wow, it's a gift, but you didn't see it then. So. Ari, what's one gift you've had from doing the men's work? Um, well, just I was thinking a minute ago while you guys were talking was just like the the amount of trust I have in myself. That was something that I struggled with my whole life was just not trusting myself to make decisions um, or take risks uh, or even like trusting that my emotions were correct or that my thoughts were correct that that my narrative was correct i mean all of it's you know your narrative your story is subjective but now i i value myself enough to actually trust well this is coming up for me so it must have some value yeah i'm not going to just discount it i'm not going to just throw it away because it seems to conflict with what what she says or what he says so I, I just I trust myself more. There's a a, a, a sol- solidity, a solidness that I feel that's come from the last few years of, of work. Oh, I love that one. Trust. That's mm-hmm. such a good one. What about you, Chuck? What's the one thing you've had? Uh, just to t- kind of tag on to that one is loving myself. You know, I just used to loathe yeah. who I was. A lot of self-hate, self-criticism, self-talk around around that, and um, and I think along with the trust comes with comes from when you start to really love yourself. It sounds kind of cliche, you know. Oh, you got to learn to love yourself before you can love anybody else. But it's really, really true. And part of loving yourself is in the practice of making your needs a priority mm-hmm. and putting yourself first. And it's one of the core teachings of the nice guy recovery. And it's also one that I think most nice struggle with a lot of if I'm, if I'm loving myself, making my needs a priority, then that means that I'm being selfish. I'm taken away from somebody else, but it's not selfish. It's actually love. And when you reframe it to, this is an act of love, a self-compassion, self-love. I love myself so much that I'm not willing to allow somebody to talk to me, talk to me like that. I love myself so much that I'm going to go to the gym today, you know, and, and I just started talking to myself this way with, I love myself enough, or I love myself so much that I will fill in the blank. And it was a game changer for me because then I started actually believing it. And then I think as you start to love yourself and believe yourself, then you start to trust yourself, you know, because you know, you're acting from a a place of love. So that would be my biggest takeaway. What about you, Faisal? Oh, I love those ones. Trust, loving yourself. There are so many gifts when you get into the the men's, when you start doing the deeper work. The one that came to me was, you know, like confidence, you know, having more, being more comfortable in my skin, you know, being more self-assured, knowing the fact that, yes, I will screw up. I will say things that might, you know, piss people off, annoy something. I'll make mistakes, but I know the fact that, 
I have more trust in myself, more self-love, self-care about myself, and I can pull myself out of that situation. So being more confident, more comfortable in my own skin, have, feeling more self-control and having the, you know, the power that comes from being able to walk away. So it's more, I would say the power is the word from feeling disempowered to feeling empowered. That'd mm-hmm. be my one thing. Guys, we've done uh, some great shares on some of the gifts that you can get. And, you know, I don't want you guys to be, um, be in a place where you're not able to access this. And there's so much work you can do. There's a lot of free content out there. So you can start your nice guy recovery, your men's work and this and journey. Also, there is also you can get in contact with either of us uh, on the niceguyshow.com. So niceguyshow.com. You know, you can reach out to myself, Ari and Chuck. And, you know, we've, we've got some great tools and techniques and, and blueprints and methods that can help you on your recovery. And if it fits for you, you know, we'll, we'll have a conversation and take it from there. So guys, once again, I want to thank you for joining us on the Nice Guy Show. On behalf of Ari and Faisal and myself, we just really appreciate all of the people who are listening to this. If you're watching this on YouTube, make comments. We'll, we'll, we'll reply to those. And uh, we will see you guys next time on The Nice Guy Show. You've been listening to The Nice Guy Show, the podcast that helps nice guys move past their insecurities and fears into the fullness of their masculine strength and confidence. Be sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and check out the website niceguyshow.com for more information on how to connect with Chuck and Faisal. Until next time, keep living your best life.